0: Hey everybody, Dane here from StartHereFM and danemiller.org. So, let's talk critical thinking. For programmers, critical thinking is one of the most important skills. For life, critical thinking is one of the most important skills. For business, for career, for everything, yeah, of course, We all know that networking is very important, maintaining and building relationships. That's probably the second most important thing. But the first most important thing is your ability to think critically and solve problems. Now, one of the number one questions I get asked is, how do I improve my critical thinking? My wife asked me that question. My previous friends asked me that question. My previous girlfriends asked me that question. My clients asked me that question. And the reason isn't because I'm like a very good critical thinker. I think the reason is that they just see me solving problems, solving problems and finding solutions. And I do it rapidly. And so they naturally say, well, hey, I want to do that. I want to be good at critical thinking. So how do I how do I get better at it? Is, do I take a brilliant.org critical thinking uh, course or do I blah, blah, blah? Really, there's 60 frameworks to critical thinking, okay? There's 60 of them. 60 frameworks to six figures is what I call this. But the thing is, it's not six figures with money. It's like six figures in the mind and then that results in making six figures. So if you're already a programmer, pretend this is 500K or so level, It this is the mindset and the mental models that it actually takes to level up to the next level. Now I'm going to run through a lot of them here, but this is a very tertiary. This is like a very initial touch base on this topic. Okay. there. These topics are something where I want to go in depth on each individual one, all 60. But in this one, I want to touch on a wide variety of different things that helps you get sort of a mental kind of grand view of what's going on here. So let's start at step one. Like you're a human, you want to improve yourself. Let's start at step one. And again, this ties back into this whole concept of mental models. It ties back into this whole concept of improvement and all this stuff. Right? So here we go. So, and this is like the best case scenario. This isn't somebody where, this isn't where you are now. All of us are starting from where we are now. This is what is the most, like from Dane's mentors, my mentors, my coaches—what have I paid so much money to learn? You know, I've probably spent twenty-seven grand on courses in the past ten years. I've probably spent just as much on coaches. I've probably spent just a credible amount of money. But then also, not just that—you know—I've consumed ten hundred thousand hours of training mental training, brain training, business training, mindset training, a biz- like everything you could imagine, programming training. So this is all taken from that, psychology training, etc. So here we go. Step one is extreme ownership. Okay, this is the first book I give people and the first book I recommend for people that want to improve their station. Yeah, we could talk about high-income skills. Yeah, a welder might come to me and say, Hey, Dane, I'm a welder and I'm making 50 grand a year, but I want to make 150. What do I do? Well, I could talk about high-income skills. For sure, I could do that. I could say, hey, look, you're doing welding. Why don't you start a welding business? Because business is a high-income skill. You could attach your skill of welding, become a master welder, link it with business, and then you have unlimited earning potential. Or I could say, hey, why don't you switch? You could learn a high-income skill like Facebook ads, like programming, like marketing, like design. There's a million. There's probably, you know, literally 150 high-income skills that anybody could learn, right? So we could have that conversation, but the problem is before that conversation can be had, you have to have ownership, extreme ownership it's the number one most important thing. So, so the, and again, I'm not going to go super deep on all these because we're going to have individual episodes and individual videos where we go super deep on the 60 frameworks, but this is the most important one. You have to own your life, own your mistakes, own your problems. Like I own my mistakes And I'm not perfect at this. I own my mistakes. Like I created a course in 2015 that went wildly off the rails because it was too successful. I didn't know about business back then. I didn't know you could hire. I didn't know, I had paid for my first mentor in 2016. I didn't know yet that you could hire a customer service team. I didn't know, I just, I was dumb. I know that, I know that sounds so dumb to be like, I didn't know you could hire, but I'm just being honest. Like I didn't think of it. I didn't even know like it was a thing. So the course went off the rails, and you know I got like a thousand people mad at me, right? I mean, it was only twenty nine dollars, so it's not like the end of the world, right? But did I try? Did I take ownership of that? Yeah, it took me a long time. Have I tried to add value back to the community to help with that? Yeah, I, I'm trying that right now. That's why I'm giving you this for free, and that's why this will be for free for for the large majority on the podcast. Obviously, all these episodes, and it, you know. Does that mean I could take more ownership? Of course. So let's talk about the next thing, okay? Which is mind, uh, fixed versus growth mindset. So there's books attached to some of these. The first book is Extreme Ownership. You have to take extreme ownership of your life. The second thing is Fixed Versus Growth Mindset. This is a book, Mindset, by Carol Dweck. And again, these are books that are highly recommended, obviously, if, the, if you haven't gotten that. I want you to read these, and I want you to read them in order, okay? Okay. And I don't care what your goals are. If you have the goal of leveling up or improving your life or you're not sure what your goal should be, start with these. Okay? Start with these. So, mindset. There's two types of people. There's a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. A fixed mindset believes you're born with skills. A growth mindset understands that that's ridiculous. There's no such thing as being born with skills. There, uh, There is, though, such thing as being born with a natural superhuman talent. Everybody is born with some kind of untapped superhuman skill. Meaning, if they develop it, they could be an incredible X or Y or Z. Everybody has that. It might be logician. Like you might be a master logician. You might be a master mathematician. You just haven't tapped into it. You might be a master speaker. You know, you just haven't tapped into it. that That's my life, right? My best ideas come when talking. My best uh, things happen when talking out loud. You know, I, I was born basically to speak. Now, does that mean... I'm the most perfect speaker? Of course not. And we're going to get into that later. That's called black and white bias. We'll cover that in a little bit. So the second one is this fixed first growth mindset, really interpret things in a growth oriented fashion. Okay. Constantly be looking at things in life from a growth oriented mindset. Number three is pessimism or negativity bias. So the natural default In the human brain is negativity or pessimism bias. It's completely natural. It's not your fault. It's also called cynicism. Here's why it's natural. Let's say it's the plague. It's fourteen hundred. There's a plague in Europe. The people that were cynical and said, "I'm not going to go to the market. I'm going to stay home because I'm scared." Those people survived. So your DNA is actually built from people that survived by staying home and being cynical. So people are cynical. It's just completely natural, it's biological. The problem is it doesn't help you in 2021. This is called evolutionary mismatch. To have this evolutionary mismatch between where you want to go and what your brain and biology and DNA is telling you from the past. It's called mismatch theory or evolutionary mismatch. You could look it up. It's actually a pretty cool thing because when you understand this, you say, oh, my gosh. And that's the fourth thing, evolutionary mism- mismatch. So let's finish on number three first. Pessimism bias or negativity bias. You have to be able to overcome this stuff. You can't stay so goddamn negative all the time. And I'm just being honest with you. I was that guy. People look at me and I've had people meet me and go, oh, he's just a positive guy. No, man, that's a fixed mindset. It's completely ridiculous. That's not the way it is. I was so negative and angry growing up like I was angry I was suicidal I was a heroin addict, I was cutting myself you know I was depressed I was I have lifelong depression lifelong anxiety but I'm a very positive person now and that's come through a tremendous amount of trauma and we're going to get into a way to fit to have that yourself but this is this is really challenging you know this is tough stuff but you have to overcome this your brain loves the idea of being negative all the time, because again, it's looking for that subconscious game to play, point it at a more fun game, something bigger, something more exciting. And then the subconscious brain will not be so attached to negativity. Okay. But the problem is guys, and this is just a real truth, um, every day you have to be doing something that sucks. So something that's hard and something that sucks every day, because if you're not approaching, like it's like, let's say you don't want to go on a walk for 10,000 steps. That's a very simple example, or you don't want to go on a run or you don't want to do a sales call or something. Or let's say you don't want to code for two hours. You have to do it. Because the problem is, if you run away from negativity, negativity will start to come at you everywhere because you're running away from it. If you instead embrace negativity like, oh, that sucks, that sucks, I don't want to do that, but I'm going to do it anyway then you actually are attacking negativity head on and all of a sudden negativity goes away over time. This doesn't happen overnight. It's a long journey, but eventually you'll become a positive person and it doesn't happen by sitting down on the couch. You know, something I've understood about life that is a real tough lesson for me. And like for a lot of people, I suppose is a lot of y'all can't change listening to me. You know, there, there is a thing that Richard Dawkins talks about That some biological entities, not just humans, animals too, are able to learn by observing the pains and failures of other people. That's the highly, highly optimized biological entity. That's not everybody. And there's nothing wrong with that. Okay, morally and ethically, we're all the same. There's nothing wrong with that. Some people just aren't that way. My wife is like that. You know, Some people have to experience it for themselves for their mindset to change. Some people, you can't teach mindset. Some people, you can though, okay? Now, think in this episode that this is not mindset stuff. This is knowledge. This is raw data. A lot of you are confusing mindset stuff with raw data. You just don't have all the raw data. Take the raw data from me. Go out and improve your life and take on challenges that actually suck and then boom, Everything starts shifting. So you're approaching the negativity head on. You're approaching the things that suck head on. You're taking it on. And then additionally, your subconscious, when you overcome these little micro negative challenges, your subconscious realigns. Without this realignment, you ain't changing, my friend. You just, you can't change. So again, There's very few people, I would say probably 10% of people that can learn this stuff without going through the negative experiences on their own, but a lot of us can So that's fine. You know, totally cool. Um, So just listen to yourself and go out and do that. Okay. So number one, extreme ownership. Number two, growth versus fixed mindset. Number three, pessimism, negativity bias that you have to overcome. Number four, evolutionary mismatch. Okay. This is the biggest problem in modern society thousands and thousands of years ago on the plains of africa or whatever like we would find honey and we would be like oh my god i'm not going to see honey again for like 10 days i need to eat all the honey because your body literally was built to conserve glucose because you've so rarely found honey now you go that what does that mean now you go into a, a gas station and you want a snickers bar that's why it's not because your brain it's because your dna you were built to conserve glucose so when you found a lot of sugar in nature, you were like, I have to consume it all. By the way, this applies to money too. This is exactly the same with money. You were born to, um, basically spit you. People live to like 30 years old for the most of society, like h- evolutionary history. So naturally by, you know, living to 30, you, wanted to spend your resources. If you had money, if you had food, if you had water, if you had some land, you, you wanted to like use those resources because why wouldn't you, you died at 30. Nowadays, everything's different. So our evolutionary DNA is not built to save money. Okay. You have to go, you have to combat all of this stuff. I'm not saying it to say, like have an excuse. The, the step one, extreme ownership that book will teach you you can't make excuses there ain't no excuses okay yeah you have add yeah you have adhd yeah you have depression yeah you have anxiety yeah you've been through war yeah you have ptsd but you can't make excuses i'm sorry like you just can't do it and i know that sucks i wish you trust me dude i wish you could make excuses the world would be so much better if we could make excuses and still somehow come out on top it's just i've never seen it work I've just never my entire life seen it work. I've seen people at the tip of the spear in special forces that make excuses and they have an unsuccessful business or career because those excuses became the seed of doubt planted in their head. Now just learn from this. Okay. So evolutionary theory, understand this is how our defaults are. This mismatch, it's our defaults. So what do you do? Are they excuses? No, you understand it, take in the raw data and then you go against it. Because they're defaults, you know you can go against it. Go to a war with your defaults. The default evolutionary responses in the brain are most likely not going to help you. So go to war with them. So, health, wealth, love, happiness, they all have their own evolutionary defaults. And you have to learn about it, study psychology, study evolution, study history. And that doesn't mean you have to believe. You know, I'm not saying evolution versus God. You know, I'm somebody that believes in spiritual things and, and I still understand that humans evolved over time. Now, you may be somebody that doesn't believe in evolution, but that's okay. Still taking this data, okay? This is still valuable data. There is uh, humans that lived in the Alps that evolved to have different lungs over the course of written civilization, like within 100,000 years. It's the fastest instance of evolution in the history of planet Earth. The people that lived in the Alps or Himalayas or wherever, they adopted new lung capacities such that they could breathe at higher altitudes. This is the human body evolving. It's actually proof of evolution. It doesn't mean everything in the world about evolution is correct. It doesn't mean everything is wrong. It's just an instance to show you that this is actually data that can help you. There is something called evolution that has messed up our brain for thousands of years by pulling the brain back to thousands of years ago. But it's thousands of years in the future. There's abundance in the world. Here's another example, social. Evolutionary mismatch with social. 150, or like, let's say 10,000 years ago, We lived in tribes of like 150 people. So let's say you said something and you became, like you said something that was embarrassing or you did something that was embarrassing or you you were going to do something very bold. Well, the problem is you wouldn't do that because if you did something that was bold and the tribe judged you and turned against you, they could oust you, throw you outside. There's 150 people, then there's you, And a lion or a tiger or cheetah could come up and eat you because you don't have the protection of the herd. You don't have the protection of the group. This is evolutionary mismatch with social. So now when we drive down the road, we have road rage because we're so afraid of being ousted. When we go to post something on social media, we're scared to death. Like there's nothing wrong with being scared. Just understand where it comes from. Understand where this stuff comes from. I'm scared to death of posting on social media for fear of judgment, but why? Is it because my brain is messed up? No, 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 no. Your brain's not messed up. Your brain is natural. It's because your brain thinks it's 10,000 years ago or 2,000 years ago, and that if you post something on social media and nobody likes you, you could be ousted. Even my brain does this. Every human's brain does this. On this podcast, sometimes I'm like, well, I shouldn't talk about that. Because what if they, what if I'm ousted, but it, it, it's all subconscious. This is a subconscious thought in the brain. It's not accurate anymore. Okay. So I'm going to cut the episode here. There's 60 of these. I'm going to go, th- I'm going to go from number five to number 10 in the next episode. In every episode, I'm going to cover t- five to 10 more. Okay. And then there's going to be an extremely deep dive on each one. This is very important stuff. These mental models are the things that change the lives of people around you and you. But you have to adopt them. You have to find that they're important. You have to understand that they actually are important. These are not just little things. They're big things. In the world of big things, little things are king. You know, these little tiny mindsets, they create the big things in your life. It's just the way it is. Anyway, alrighty, I will see you on the next episode. Cheers.